0: I think the part that unnerves me the most about all of this, about everything that happened in Timber Cove, is how calm I am about it. I should be completely freaked out, right? I was back in the place where I was held captive, chained to a rock by a dog collar around my neck. The place I've been so many times in dreams and nightmares and flashbacks. The sound of the sea was everywhere, and there's a smell to the caves that brought all of those memories back. Smell is the strongest sense when it comes to memory, after all. Nothing had really changed in the last six years. Walking into that cell was like walking back in time. The stones I used to stack to keep my hands busy were still there, as was the chain that I wore. My badge wasn't, and I wonder very much where that's disappeared to. But I'm not freaked out, I mean, I am, it was fucking terrifying to be there, in the place where I was held captive for a month and a half, but I kept my wits about me. I didn't freeze, or have a psychotic break like I did in the Annex, and I was able to hear what Ada said. The daughter. Queen. They've given me titles, and I don't know what they mean by them, exactly. Prophecies are tricky things. They're tools that are eager to turn on the wielder. So, maybe I am meant to save the world, or whatever rubbish Lionel said about me, just not in the way that he thinks the world should be saved. Fuck me running. That sounds so arrogant, doesn't it? Save the cheerleader, save the world, Agent Rowan. I'm not a superhero. I'm just... me. A person with decent training and a couple of odd additional skills. But... A charismatic cult leader fixated on me, and he seems to think I'm instrumental in his plans. If that's the case, if he's actually right, then that means maybe I can throw a monkey wrench into the works. That's the hope I have to hold on to. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast.
1: When we last left our agents, Agent Rory, River, and Rooster all had a fascinating dream. It seems though someone reached out to them. You returned from the caves and snuggled in for the night. Agent Rowan, you took Coral Lamb and dropped her off at Alameda County Sheriff's Department, put her in a holding cell overnight with plans on taking Coral to some place in the morning. Now... As our great listeners will remember from last week, they were visited by Father in a dream, and Father told them a great many things. This morning, though, they're awakened, shaken, not stirred. River, you sit up, sweating from this horrible dream. You look to your left, and Jen is sleeping peacefully, and to your right, not far from the bed, is the helmet, headset, the not tinfoil hat.
2: I'm going to put that on, and then I want to go check on Katie.
1: You head into Katie's room, and Katie is sleeping soundly. Her headset's not on. It's currently off to the side of the bed. She seems to be doing okay. It's a little past dawn, about 6.30. I mean, what teenager gets up at 6.30? Unless they're athletes or ROTC. No, she's asleep, though she does have school a little bit later.
2: Oh yeah, it's Monday, isn't it? Yeah. I should probably go to work.
1: Rory, you're awoken with kisses and slobbers and a gigantic paw placed on your chest. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Or at least that's what you would hear if you were wearing a helmet. Wearing one of those telepathic helmets as Chase is uh, waking up and gotta pee, I gotta pee, and does his happy little pee-pee dance, and then lets out a little bit of a bark and kind of circles around and looking at you and gives you a kiss and a little bit of a headbutt.
3: I think Chase's uh, exuberance kind of jostles me out of the, I think I was a little shaken from waking up to that, and this kind of distracts me enough to kind of get in my rhythm of putting on slippers and a coat to walk take Chase outside, and the whole while just thinking through what just happened. And as I get outside, I decide I should probably call Rowan. So I'm going to pull out my phone and call Rowan.
1: Rowan, your phone rings while you are in transit.
0: Look down at it. It's still stupid o'clock in the morning, but I I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I had a lot to think about. So as soon as I started seeing the first touches of dawn, I got up and headed for the holding cell where Coral is being held to get her transferred to Saint Joseph's Hospital.
1: Rory's name appears on the telephone.
0: Huh. I'll glance in the back seat and just sigh and then hit the answer button. Hey Rory, what's up?
3: Sorry to bother you. Um I heard father I'm at least I'm sure pretty sure it was him, uh, in a dream last night and I Like, just now.
0: And Rowan's hands both just tighten on the steering wheel for a moment as she just exhales. Okay. Yeah. I am not in a position where I can talk about this at the moment. Oh, no, go ahead. You can talk all about it all you want. Go right ahead. I'm not even here. Um. Transporting Coral at the moment.
1: Okay. Hi. Hi.
3: Um. I don't know if it was just me. Um. I what I'll, here's what I'll do I will write down as much as I can remember and I will shoot a text to the group a little later on
0: yeah that's a good idea um, hell
3: yeah I think whatever's happening it's we gotta get moving he's getting desperate
0: yeah yeah I think that's I'll talk to you about this more in a bit but yes please write down everything that you can remember I'm morbidly curious what he has to say
1: he's not desperate you should answer father's calls
0: I'll talk to you soon Rory okay and I'll I'll tap the button to to hang up
3: I'll take Chase back inside and immediately get to a spare notebook and jot down as much as I can before getting ready for work Chase
1: bolts inside grabs one of his favorite stuffies and brings it over drops it in your lap and looks at you I'll toss it into the next room Runs off into the other room. Early morning zoomies. Probably takes a couple of those, and then I get ready for work. Speaking of early mornings, Rooster, you awaken covered with sweat. Father's dream was not the last dream you had. You had father's dream, and then you had one of your reoccurring dreams of your time in Afghanistan. Yeah, used to this
4: one. Uh, still hate it time for Red Bull and Call of Duty. What time is it?
1: It's about 6.30. Just after dawn. Oh.
4: Wow. I slept in. Yeah.
1: Call of Duty time. You head over. Turn on your console. Crack a Red Bull. Oh, no, 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 no. No, Hot Dog. You're not going to hop online right now. We have yoga to do. We've got sun salutations to do. I'm sorry, what? Elena walks in. She bends over, grabs her ankles, It's talking to you between her own legs. Time for yoga. We're gonna get you all nice and limber. Limber? Is uh, that what they call it these days? She moves to another position. You think this one's called the warrior pose? Come on, stand up, put the controller down. It's only gonna be a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. You'll be fine. Oh, no, don't, don't worry. After that last pose, I'm up, I'm up. I mean, stand up, you goon. Oh, okay. Fine. And then she does downward dog and arches her back and looks up at you. Oh, maybe I should put on a top so we don't distract each other. She winks at you and walks into the other room. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope. You can leave the top and, uh... Too late. Got nope. it. Nope. It's comfy. Quicker we go through these. Okay, as long as there's still no bottoms. Screen wipe to Rowan. Rowan, you arrive at St. Joseph's Hospital. It's an older building and fairly narrow and you've not yet been to this facility. Coral's not in restraints. She's not really
0: a prisoner. She says she wants to get better. I'll pull into a parking spot and unbuckle looking at her in the rearview mirror. All set?
1: She's smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go.
0: All right. And I'll open up the, the door. I am dressed for work, so I very much have my gun on my hip.
1: She goes to open up the back door, and it doesn't open up, because somebody has activated the child locks on the back doors.
0: Terribly sorry,
1: and I'll unlock the doors. She opens up and gets out, takes a deep breath, and you both walk into the building. You encounter a person at the front desk. You finish up some paperwork for admission and she completes it. An orderly comes by and says, hey, let's give you a tour of where you're gonna be. Oh, yay. She looks back at you. Are you coming or are you just gonna leave me here?
0: Do you want me to come along? Sure. All right. Uh, yeah, I got nowhere to be at the moment. Let's go.
1: It's not like the first time you put me in prison.
0: Let's go have a look at the place.
1: You head up the elevator and the orderly beeps you past the first set of security doors. Says, all right, I'll be right back. You stay here and one of the doctors will be with you in a very quick moment. The orderly leaves and beeps himself out and leaves you there. Quite a few people are kind of walking about. Most of them are dressed in drab scrubs and extra comfy clothes and pajamas. It's still pretty early. There's still a lot of folks sleeping. A doctor in a white lab coat with a stethoscope comes up. He has a little bit of a balding pate and walks with a pretty substantial and definitive gait. Oh, hello! And who do we have here?
0: This is Cora Lamb, and I'm Redacted.
1: Hello, Ms. Lamb.
0: And you are? Me? Oh,
1: I'm Dr. Bromley.
0: And one of Rowan's eyebrows just goes up because Rory mentioned this to her. There was a whole tirade that Rory went on about St. Joseph's, about the amount of medication that Julio is on, and the fact that somehow a patient who was masquerading as a doctor got a hold of private medical records. So one of Rowan's eyebrows goes straight up into her hairline, just like, ah, well. He does have a manila folder. I'll look at it, look at him. Oh, good to, uh, good to meet you, Dr. Bromley.
1: Excellent. I would like to show you to your room. Please follow me, Redacted, in Ms. Lamb. Oh, she's the one who's staying. I am not. He opens up his folder. Oh, close it. I guess I have the wrong file. May I see that? Certainly. And he hands it to you.
0: I'll take it and look at it.
1: It says Samantha Hodgson.
0: I just, like, settle back on my heels as I'm reading it. Is Coral's paperwork in here as well? No. Now look at him, very serious expression. Right, where did this come from? Oh, that, sorry. And he asked for it back. She does not give it back. Okay, you can hang on to it. I mean,
1: it is your medical record. Come, let me show you to your room, Coral. He smiles and starts to walk off. You notice that he is wearing comfy house slippers.
0: Which matches what Rory told me. He plays doctor and they indulge him to keep him calm, but I'm flipping through the records to see what the fuck, I have never been to St. Joseph's. There's no reason why they'd have medical records on me. It's fairly
1: basic for your information. Like it has standard vitals, looks like your blood pressure is up, they've got your height and your weight
0: pretty spot on. I'm just looking at it like, I mean, my blood pressure is usually up. I drink too much coffee, but no one took my blood pressure today.
1: Coral looks back, looks at you, smiles and
0: winks. Just give her the very deadpan expression, not letting anything show through the facade of the very calm special agent.
1: She blows a kiss at you as she rounds a corner.
0: And I will give her the Babylon 5 little finger wave. Bye. Not that I think this will hold her much longer than prison did, but at least it might be long enough for us to deal with father.
1: Someone is standing right next to you, mirroring your Babylon 5 finger wave. I'll
0: turn and look. They look at you back. Hi! Morning. It is. Indeed. And I'll close the manila folder. Well, she seems to be settled in. I should get going.
1: Oh, you're gonna put her in her room? They're gonna put her in that room? She's gonna
0: freak out. And I need to be out of here before that happens.
1: Are you sure it's gonna be so much fun? It's gonna be crazy. The person flicks their nose and bites their teeth. Tempting. Mm hmm. Don't worry, you'll be in here soon enough.
0: I have less than no intention of that. Oh, most
1: of us don't have any intentions of coming here, but we all ended up here.
0: Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Hi, I'm Jackson. Jackson Clodgery. Nice to meet you.
1: I'm redacted. I know. I wrote your report earlier today.
0: Oh, you're the one who wrote this. Mm hmm. Well, you got pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, it wasn't too bad. We're just worked off of uh, some dreams and some images and whatnot. And hey, I'm so proud of you. I'm sorry. You got rid of the burnt beans.
0: The burnt beans.
1: Yeah, the burnt beans. So if you think about it, the whole concept of where coffee came from is insane. And I mean, crazy because apparently some farmers saw some goats eating a berry and were jumping and running around and then all of a sudden they were like oh we're gonna go eat the fruit but no that's not where coffee came from they took the seeds and did they eat the seeds sure and they were great but no that's not where we got coffee they then burnt the seeds why who hell knows and then crushed them up and do they eat the crushed up seeds no they pour water over it and then they get rid of the seeds and they drink the dirty water drinking dirty water burnt seeds
0: the history of food is really quite fascinating, if you think about it. I mean, uh-huh. who looked at a tree with a bee's nest in it and said, I'll bet those bees are hiding something delicious? No kidding, right? Especially when there's a mermaid involved. All right, to be fair, I didn't remember that the Starbucks logo is a siren. I always drank coffee since I was like 12. They smile at you?
1: Sure. Sure. I used to put it in my frosted flakes and my shredded wheat.
0: Ew! Why would you do that? So good. No, it's It's not. It's so good, but they won't—they
1: won't let me do that here. And also, the meds that they have me on cut might cut down my my appetite. Oh, I hear somebody screaming. I think she found her room. You should probably leave.
0: Yeah, I probably should. Haven't stopped drinking coffee though. Just stopped going to Starbucks. And right,
1: which is all bad burnt beans.
0: Bye, Jackson.
1: Bye. Oh. Should I tell George that you're going to take care of the big problem?
0: Oh, shit, George Richter. Uh, I'm not leaving yet. Where is George?
1: Come on, let's go to the room. And they run down the hallway.
0: I will follow them down the hall. I am occasionally a cruel person, so I will pause to glance down the hall that the scream came from before continuing on my way.
1: It was Coral's voice from the scream. Good. Jackson is at a door and knocks on the door and just opens it up. Wakey, wakey! Hands off, snakey! You see Jackson walk over and they're shaking this older fellow. He's a bit plump. He seems to enjoy his sweets. Cracks open an eye. Uh, Jackson points at Agent Rowan. She's here to see you because you're important. Uh.
0: If I crouch down, am I about eye level with the bed? Yes. All right, I haven't turned the light on yet, and I don't think Jackson did.
1: Nope.
0: So I'm going to crouch down, take my glasses off, and look at George Richter. You were supposed to have committed suicide.
1: It was failed.
0: Is that why your voice sounds the way it does?
1: And he nods his head
0: yes. Why did they write that you were dead in the report?
2: I died. They brought me back.
0: What happened that day? Which day? The day that you confessed, the day that you tried to kill yourself, take your pick.
1: I don't remember much. I remember telling them about him, and then I woke up in the hospital spitting blood.
0: You told them about Lionel? Lion? What name did you know him under? Lion. What did you tell them about him?
1: He sees a lot. He knows a lot.
0: Does he know that you are alive?
1: Nope. He can't talk to me anymore.
0: Are you immune to?
1: I am now. Poor Leopold's not, though. He's gone.
0: Yeah. Did you know any of their real names? Yes. Who is Lamb?
1: Uh. uh <clears throat> <clears throat> and he tries to get it out, but he just can't get. The words right, or the letters right. Rafe Seal? He nods his head yes.
0: Interesting. So, father and the voice of father were born that day? Yes. I'm going after him. Is there anything that I should know?
1: He picks up his hand and on his hand he has a tattoo of a triangle with an eye on it.
0: Rowan flinches when she sees it.
1: Tell him Leopold sends his regards.
0: You were Leopold?
1: I'm
0: tired. All right. I'm Rowan, for what that's worth. Okay. Good luck. I think I'm going to need it. Thank you.
1: Points to the door. That one says we'll see you
0: soon. Well, that one's a bit mad, aren't they? Aren't we all? We're all mad here. Rowan says, standing up and putting her glasses back on. Leopold.
1: Nah, I don't go by that anymore. I left letters back in a long time. I'm George. You should leave them too.
0: I'm not going to.
2: Okay. Good luck.
0: And I will walk back toward the elevator, glancing at Jackson as I go, but not slowing down.
1: They put their hand up and slowly wiggle all five fingers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of these days, you'll see my head on a pike and you'll just wave at it like this. Goodbye, Jackson.
1: It's never goodbye unless it's forever, so I'll see you later.
0: Not if I see you first.
1: And the orderly beeps open the door to let you out.
0: And off I go, getting back into that rickety old elevator, still holding my folder.
1: As you get down to the ground floor, Roar and Rooster and River, you all receive a text from Rory. It seems though it is a detailed narration of the dream that was shared by Rooster and River and Rory.
3: Basically, the text is a brief intro. I had this dream that I thought it was Father. Here's what I can remember. And the picture of uh, what I wrote down.
2: River will text back, I think you spelled Gonsley wrong, but otherwise that's pretty much what I dreamed.
4: I reply, there was a really big spider in mine, but otherwise I think I had that too. And then a second text, no, that was just the normal dream.
2: I don't know why he thinks this apocalyptic cultish bullshit is going to persuade us of anything, or is he just pushing our buttons again?
3: I mean, obviously he's trying to get to Rowan, and he can't, so he's going through us. But it seems obvious that he has some sort of plan that involves you, Rowan. So I don't know if going there plays into his hands or not, but I think that might be our only option.
0: I'm sitting in my car at this point, and I'll tap on the picture and expand it and just read the whole thing while these beeps are going on. I've been ignoring the conversation for the most part. May I roll an intelligence check to see if Rowan made the same connection that I did? Go for it. 68 out of 70. So
1: close to being nice.
0: You know? So, when Rowan looks at the last bits where it's Rowan spreads the priest's life water, and then it ends with, Tell Sammy I said hello. She scrolls back and forth between the two names and says out loud in the quiet of her car, I wonder which one he means. Because she has not told the guys this, but there are two Rowans. There was the one that she took the name from when she became a Delta Green agent. And a part of her, especially after seeing timber cove again is starting to realize that that there probably wasn't a sacrifice like she thought because i mean when you're in the middle of a cult like that of course you think someone's being taken off to be sacrificed but now she's wondering so she will text i don't think that we should trust much of this communication to digital i think we need to meet sooner rather than later i need to reach out to the upper letters we need to get a move on things are happening and the best thing that we can do is get to where we're going before our friends do.
3: Just let us know what the upper letters say and how much of a leeway time we'll have for getting to the airport.
0: I'll wait for a minute to see if anyone posts any dissent to that comment before. Foot
4: tapping emoji.
0: (laughs) And in spite of everything that's just happened, in spite of how unnerved she is by all of this, Rowan does laugh out loud at that and text back all right all right i'll let you know as soon as i know anything but we should meet sooner rather than later river you wanted to meet the ugly right yeah well he and i share an office why don't we plan to meet there when we can i don't know what your work hours look like Mine are a little bit looser
2: tomorrow might be better
0: if we're not on a plane tomorrow then yes
2: are you going to shoot the
1: email over to a cell?
0: Yeah. As soon as I get the sense that this conversation has wrapped up, I'm going to open my personal email and send a message to the email address that I have for Alphonse. And it says, the culmination of the aftermath of Operation Delilah is in motion. We need to get out to a particular island as soon as possible. Any assistance would be very helpful.
1: A few moments later, you receive a response. Location question mark, which island?
0: And I'll go into the notepad that I have on my phone where I've saved some of the pertinent information, copy the coordinates, paste them into the email and send that back. And then start driving back towards Sacramento to go to work.
1: A few moments later, you receive a response back. Okay, U.S. jurisdiction. I may need to request a favor here, but we will get you what you need.
0: Rowan reads that at a stoplight and quickly types back in, just let me know when you know an ETA. Thank you.
1: It takes a bit for any response. You don't get a response. You get back to your work office.
0: And I walk into the office no coffee in hand, but visibly keyed up as if I've had too much coffee. God damn it, where did I put those fucking chopsticks? Did you lose the chopsticks again?
1: Yes. Yes, I did.
0: Well done. Do you have another set? And Rowan gives him a wry smile, walks into her side of the office, opens a desk drawer, pulls out a couple more sets, walks over and hands them to him. Awesome. Hopefully these won't disappear. Ooh, these are nice. Where'd you get these? Thai place in uh, San Francisco
1: you do not want to look at this folder this is some ugly stuff of what's going on in the world Ugh which folder uh one of the one of the things that I'm working on has to do with some uh potential uh war crimes and and whatnot here
0: oh goody yeah
1: have you ever had balut
0: can't say as I have
1: maybe another day I only have one left
0: I'll bug you for it another day, then.
1: All right. And he smiles and walks into his room.
0: I'll follow and lean against the the doorframe crossing my arms. Uh, Sam, you said that, uh, you wanted to meet the good sheriff, right?
1: Oh. Yeah, that would, that would be neat. Uh, sure. When, uh, yeah, maybe we can go for a walk in the park or meet outside or something.
0: My team is working on something where we need somewhere that I trust to be safe to sit and talk and actually get a couple logistical things worked out and I thought of here.
1: You mean people coming in here? Yeah. Outside people.
0: They'll mostly be on my side of the office. But if you don't want them here, then I won't bring them here.
1: No, 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 no. I'm I might I might say hello, but I might go for go for a walk. That's fine. He takes a deep breath and kind of swallows hard. Cracks open what looks like a a hard boiled egg and inside you see a fertilized uh, chicken. Grabs it with the chopsticks and takes a bite. It crunches and he eats it in one swift swallow. Balut, it's tasty. You said you'd have it later.
0: I'll try anything once.
1: Around noon, you receive an email. I was able to secure travel to the island. Tickets are available. They will be from OAK to Honolulu, from Honolulu to Pago Pago, American Samoa. You'll need to secure travel from there. Ticket will include bill. Incoming phone call shortly.
0: Look at that shit and get up and walk out of the office and actually go and find. I imagine at this point, Rowan has pretty well cased this entire floor. So she's found an area that she can go and have a very private conversation you're
1: able to find a supply closet that's not so much a closet as it's a room. And you still have cell signal down
0: here, there. Thank goodness. So I'll walk in there, close the door behind me, and perch on top of a box of paper towels.
1: The phone rings, and it says
0: Alphonse. Well, that's a step up. It's usually an unlisted number. And I'll tap it. Rowan here.
1: All right, so we secured the things that you need. We've got you travel and an exemption for your baggage. Now... We are going to owe the director a big favor. The director of the other guys. Oh. This will be Operation Somersault adjacent. Okay. I will need a full report when you return. It will need to be in person. Now, important information follows. If you fail, you and your team will be placed on various lists, lists you never want to be on, for plausible deniability. There is a great risk here.
0: I understand, sir.
1: I need to know that you accept this risk before I give the okay. I accept. Wheels up, Wednesday. You're leaving from Oakland. You're going to fly to Hawaii. Pack light. Pack warm. I mean, packing warm isn't. you might want to wear shorts. Yes, sir. Good luck, Arcel. I will see you on the other side.
0: If we survive this, sir, I look forward to seeing you. Click. Just sit there for a moment, pulling my legs up so my heels are hooked on the end of the box, and just hug my legs for a moment, staring off into nothingness. Just like, you know, I didn't think I'd be committing war crimes in my 30s.
1: You get an email in a few moments, and the email has plane tickets. Looks as though that you are going to be spending a lot of time in the air.
0: But we're leaving Wednesday morning?
1: Leaving early Wednesday morning, yes.
0: All right. Still sitting there. I'll look at it and then shoot the text out to the team. Wheels up Wednesday morning from Oakland. We're heading down into equatorial territory. Pack for the beach. Bill is coming along.
4: Text back. Rendezvous?
0: Well, we're leaving out of Oakland, which puts River as the closest one without dealing with San Francisco traffic.
2: Yeah, we can do that.
0: None of our bags are going to be checked. Bring everything you think you'll need. We should meet tomorrow to talk logistics at my office. We are going into a very dangerous situation Wednesday morning. Plan accordingly.
1: Your text messages are silent. Seems as though that everyone is absorbing that. <sighs>
0: okay. I'll get up and walk back to the office, slipping my phone into my hip pocket, stick my head into the office. Sam, I'm gonna be out the rest of the day. Uh, yell, yell at the phone if you need anything. Alright, sounds
1: good. Um, do you have another set of chopsticks? You went through two already? No, I went through one. I can't find the other one.
0: Oh, there it is. Don't worry about it. We're good. The guys will be in tomorrow, just so you know. What time? Probably in the morning. I'll ping you before we go. Okay. Once she's sure that Sam is as prepared as he's going to be for having strangers in the office tomorrow. And she's grabbed whatever files. She's going to do some work from home, but her brain is so just out there right now that she can't focus on anything. She's going to head home. And the first thing on, on her mind is getting her will in order. Getting all of that paperwork handled. She's an FBI agent. She's had a will since she joined the FBI. But it's a good idea to look over it and make sure that it's up to date. But her eye, as she's settling in in her living room, her eye keeps straying to the journal that she got from the caves.
1: It's disturbing. Like, it almost vibrates and calls to you, and you fight back the urge to even pick it up. But it's still calling it's almost like a siren's call, calling sailors to crash upon the stones.
0: You know the unfair thing about sirens, they have entirely too much ammunition against people with varying tastes and I reach and grab the damn journal and start flipping through it.
1: It's in father's handwriting. It starts off mostly with his rantings and talking about a world born anew about a wave or a tsunami of a revolution, about how people and civilization has crawled from the water's edge and spread inland. And deeper inland they go, there's more and more corruption. It's filled with so much religious talk that a lot of times you might zone it out, but you do need to focus because there's some important information here.
0: Well, and I have a lot of practice reading deep into religious texts, so I have to reactivate that part of my brain.
1: At one point, it becomes like a diary where he talks about receiving a gift from far, far away. And he needs to take it to a place that is outside time and space. He then goes on a screed about imperialism and colonialism. And he found an island, but it needs to be there on the date of December 30th, 2011. The name of the island is Olahenga. I believe that's a pronunciation in in its language. The colonial or imperialist name is Swain's Island.
0: I'll frown down at the date and the name of the island, but it's 11 years past. Leaning over, I'll grab my laptop and pull it across the couch to me, flip it open and type in December 30th, 2011. Swain's Island, because the colonizer name is more likely to get the Google hits.
1: And it does. You find an article from 2011 and 2012, you find a couple articles, not many. The island of Tokelau, as well as the island chain of Samoa, switched over the international date timeline. They went from the 29th of December to the 31st of December. The date December 30th did not exist for those island chains. Technically, Swain's Island or Olahenga is part of the Tokelauan island chain, even though it is contestedly American soil. It had no 1230 2011.
0: Well, I suppose that's out of time, but out of space? I'll pull over a notebook and start jotting down notes of things that I want to mention to the guys when I see them tomorrow, just to make sure that I cover the salient points.
1: You're looking at a Google map of the island, and just out of maybe reaction or muscle memory, you scroll back. And since you're looking at the satellite view, you get an image, and you scroll back a little bit more, and it's a little disconcerting what that image is.
0: What is the image?
1: Looks like a volcano. A giant volcano.
0: If that goes off, that has the potential to be as devastating as Krakatoa. Hell. Now look over toward the room where Bullet Bill is. We're going on an adventure, buddy. Should be fun. And get up and start packing. What's everyone else doing?
2: When I get into work, I'm going to have to go and first try to explain where I've been the last week or so, and then ask for some more time off.
1: Your boss, who is a 25-year-old, fresh-out-of-college wonderkind, looks at you, Oh, hey! How's it going? I, we really haven't gotten a meet before, but I, I know you've been out. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot
2: of personal stuff going on right now. It's... it's I know I know it's been interfering with the work, but, uh, you know, I'll get it taken care of as soon as I can.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, well, you can do what you need to do. Your, your health is most important to us, and you've been here a long time. You got time to take.
2: Well, I'm glad you understand. Oh,
1: yeah. No
2: worries. It's good. So I'm going to have to be out uh, starting tomorrow and at least a week, maybe as long as two.
1: He looks at the information, uh, looks at his screen. All right. We don't have anything going on right now. Do you have any outstanding cases?
2: Oh, there was that thing in Oakland, wasn't there? Do I need to reassign that? That's a good idea.
1: Okay. Sounds good. If you can just forward over all the pertinent information, send over the files, we can get that transferred over uh, as you need. And I hope you have a go. Oh, are you going on vacation or is it personal time? I'm sorry. I shouldn't ask these things. Approved.
2: You can go. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And then on his lunch break, he's going to go out and get a new phone.
1: You get a brand new fancy phone. They tried to get you to buy the most fanciest fanciest of phone, but you opt to just get the fancy one.
2: Fancy is good enough. And, and the prices are so much lower than, the you know, last week's model.
1: What's Rory up to? After
3: work on Monday, he will go home, pick up Chase from the dog sitter, and ask... Hey, this is, I know this is really last minute. Is there any way I can leave Chase with you for a little while? What do you mean a little while? A week, maybe more.
1: We're going to Oregon on Thursday. Shoot.
3: Um, okay, no worries. I think I have someone else I can ask. Have fun. All right, thank you.
1: Hope you have a good time too.
3: Yeah, little birthday thing, so.
1: Oh, happy birthday. When's your birthday? Uh, Friday. Oh, hope you're doing something fun. Uh,
3: yeah, something like that. All right, uh, I'll see you later. On the way home, I will text Jonathan, uh, Rowan's neighbor, and say, hey, thank came up for work. Any way you would be willing to watch my dog for a week or two? Your dog is goddamn adorable. Yes. Perfect. I can drop him off tomorrow. Okay, you can drop him off now if you want. (laughs) I'm a little tired, but I need to get one last night, obviously. Makes sense. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And then I'm going to text Andrew and say, hey, something came up for work. Call me when you're free today or tomorrow and we can talk about it. You get a
1: response back work, work or work, work, work. I'll put work in quotes. The phone rings immediately. Hey. Hey. Um,
3: sorry, you know, we had been talking a little bit about just stuff happening with Rowan and that guy she's trying to find. Turns out we've got a lead and we've got to leave Wednesday morning to go somewhere. Might not be back for a week or two. Wait, wait, you can't... Wednesday? No, no, you can't go on Wednesday. I know. I know we had something planned for my birthday, but we'll have to... We can do something... Your birthday's this Friday. I know. Um, It's going to be in the Pacific. So as soon as I can, I'll let you know. And how about
1: you meet me in Hawaii or something and we can... Babe, you know how big, oh, Hawaii, wait, okay, I was going to say, you know how big the Pacific is, but if you want to do something in Hawaii, we can do something in Hawaii.
3: Yeah, so I'll let you know when that can happen, but I'm, I guess with enough, you could let people know
1: that, I don't know, taking some time off soon, and I'll let you know when to meet me. My family took us to a place in Lahaina, and I think there's an Airbnb there that we could stay at. Perfect. And some of the best banana breads in Maui. A place called Julia's. Oh my god, it's amazing. But wait, what, hmm. Where are you going? Well, I found some, one.
3: I found someone to watch Chase, so that won't be an issue. To some island near American Samoa. That's so far away. I know. And who's watching Chase? Rowan's
1: neighbors. I told you about them. Yeah, the cute couple. Yeah. Okay. We can trust them, though, right? They're not going to feed Chase, you know, no table scraps, because I worry about Rooster, you know, giving him table scraps. Yeah, I've Jonathan Casey.
3: I think they'll handle it fine.
1: Okay. All right. I know we don't talk about these things. It's kind of like Bruno. We don't... Yeah, not as much as we used to. Please be careful. Of course. I'm really
3: worried. I love you. I love you too. All right. I got to get back to work. You be
1: safe, okay? All right.
3: Bye. Bye. And Rory is going to go to where he has the notes from Shaver Lake and just leave a note there in worst case scenario for Andrew and then pack for the trip.
4: Rooster, what are you doing? I'm sitting on the balcony, smoking.
1: Thought you gave that up.
4: Yeah. Sometimes, healthy things go out the window a little bit when realism and fatalism have a blurred line, and he's just waiting
1: for Elena to get home from yoga class. You see her car pull up and pull into the small one-car garage that you guys have.
4: I just wait, because I know that when she comes into the apartment, she'll see me
1: outside. You hear the the main door open and then close, and the sound of the yoga mat hitting the floor. You hear her walking toward you.
4: I take last puff, put it out with the other four in the ashtray. And when I hear the sliding door open, just say... We need to talk seriously.
1: Okay, what's going on?
4: I need to know how much you want to know, and how safe you want to be. What do you mean? We... found the guy.
1: Oh, THE guy. Okay.
4: And... we're leaving in two days. And... if it doesn't go well, Then you are better off not being connected with me. What do you mean? Let's, uh, let's go inside
1: first. Okay. Redacted, I'm not sure, I'm, you're scaring me a little bit.
4: I know. I don't mean to, but once the door's closed, (sighs) I am, damn it, I, had all this plan in my head and now all of a sudden I can't say it right. We're going there to take this guy out or to end this in one way or another.
1: Like, take, take him, take him out, out, out?
4: Potentially. Oh. I told you what I did in the Marines. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. The problem is it could go easily or simply. It Could go nicely if everything turns out ways we don't expect. But there is a high probability of things going foobar. And in that case, then I may not come back. I may come back in a bag. Or I may have to go into hiding. In which case, you would be either a target or a source of information.
1: You see that her lips are quivering and her eyes are welling with water. So what do I tell them? Well,
4: that depends on where this conversation goes. Because I love you. And you know what that means coming from me. We've had that talk. And the number one thing I want is to keep you safe. I also trust you, and you know what that means coming from me because we've had that talk, too. So if you want in, I'll tell you about it. If you want out, then I
1: will respect that. She's wringing her hands and tears are involuntarily flowing down her face. She walks over to the hutch that you guys spent way too much money on opens it up and pulls out a bottle of tequila, takes off the cap, and takes a pretty heavy swig. In.
4: Are you sure? This, once I tell
1: you, I can't untell you things. She looks at the bottle, she takes another swig, she puts it down. Yep. let's go. And she sits down on the floor, cross-legged, reaches up for your hands and pulls you down to the floor with her. And
4: I tell her not everything yet, but I tell her what we know about what's about to happen.
1: River, you get home with all of the information, with your time off, and Jen is there prepping dinner, Katie's working on some homework, typing away on her laptop at the kitchen table. There's laughter coming from the kitchen. Apparently, Katie might have told the joke that was either bad enough to make you proud or good enough to make Jennifer cry in laughter.
2: So what's the joke?
1: If I told you now, then you wouldn't get it. Okay, okay. Why did the Scarecrow get promoted?
2: I don't know why.
1: He was outstanding in his field.
2: I thought I was supposed to tell the dad jokes. I learned them from somewhere. So, what have you you two been up to? Homework? Yeah. Look, um, I'm going to have to take another trip. Hopefully it won't be a long one.
1: Jennifer turns her back and puts a dish in the sink, and you see her body language changes. Her head kind of slumps forward a little bit. Her shoulders drop a tiny bit. Katie does not pick up on this you do though you can tell that her body posture has angled forward about three to six degrees
2: this one it, it looks like something really bad could happen if we don't stop it and if we're sloppy we could get in a lot of trouble Katie
1: looks over at you but you're not sloppy right not usually then you'll be okay, right? We should be, but
2: this is a risky one. That's why I'm not going to tell you where I'm going. Jennifer's head drops,
1: and then she stands back up with good posture and turns, looks at you, kind of stone-faced a little bit. How long do you think you'll be gone?
2: If all goes well, a week, maybe a week and a half. You can't say where you're going? I don't think I should say where I'm going Just keep you safe. Okay. She walks toward
1: you and takes her hands in yours and looks you straight in the eyes. And she's just looking like she's taking you all in. When are you going? Wednesday. Okay.
2: And if things go badly...
1: She, she puts her hand up. Hang, hang on. Katie? Can you run downstairs to the basement and go grab a bottle of wine? It's one of the bigger ones. It's one that says Sonoma. Look for the one that says 2012. Okay. Okay. It's like, okay. And then she heads off, opens up the basement door, and then heads on downstairs. Jennifer looks at you. We drank the 2012 last week. She'll be looking for a while.
2: Yeah. People might come looking for me. What kind of? from the government. Okay. What are you getting into, Mike? I'm already in it. It's just No, I'm not going to tell you cuz they're going to ask you and it's better for you if you don't if you can honestly say you don't know or you didn't know. If things go really bad, you'll find out.
1: Her face has not really shown a whole lot of emotion. It looks like she's trying to put up a stone face. But you're coming back. I know you're going to come back. We're not going to have anybody strange knocking on our door outside, people that are trying to sell us books. All right. I'm positive.
2: Well, then let's agree on that. Okay. You're from
1: downstairs. I found a 2012! All right, shit. I guess we didn't drink all of it. And then Katie comes up and Jen puts on a sincerely looking smile. And right before Katie comes up, she reaches up and sinks one of the deepest kisses you guys have had in about a week and a half. Katie's like, ah, oh, okay. And she walks back down the stairs and closes the door as she goes back into the basement. Jen's crying
2: a little bit. I kind of walked with Jen over to the basement door, open it up and say, come on up here.
1: Uh, but, here, oh. You're gonna get a hug, too. All right. She comes up and hands the bottle to her mother. She latches on to you. She's getting tall. Little kid's growing up.
2: <sighs> they grow so fast.
1: Yeah, well, you expect me to be a toddler forever? It's called aging and maturity. It happens over time. It's science, Dad.
2: Yeah, but we kind of do expect you to be a toddler forever always takes us by surprise
1: dinner goes surprisingly mundane and happy and normal more normal than you've really had in a long time katie's bitching about how much homework she has but she's doing well in school she's spilling the tea on all of her friends and the stuff happening at school Jennifer is kind of playing along and having, you know, being part of the conversation and talking with you. You guys are talking about everything except you leaving in two days. You go to bed that night and snuggle, and Katie puts on the headset. She doesn't want the dreams to come.
2: Glad to see you wearing that.
1: You're going to that island, aren't you?
2: Don't tell your mom.
1: I won't. I'm going to watch, though.
2: I don't think that's a good idea.
1: Neither was giving a thirteen-year-old a headset that allows them to be clairvoyant, but we did it anyway.
2: Yeah, you're already—you've always been uh, a step ahead of me, haven't you?
1: No, we're alongside on this journey.
2: I love you so much. Love you too, Dad. Be safe, okay? You take care of your mom; she worries. Somebody has to.
1: I'm not worried. I want a flower, though, or a bunch of flowers, on a string. And she gives you a wink. I'm not going to say it, but I'll get you the flowers. She nods her head. Good night, Dad. She turns on the headset, pulls her covers up. She's got the fan directly on her because she loves the air movement.
2: And I head to bed, put on my headset, and try to get to sleep.
0: I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan.
4: I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm
2: Seth Jones, and I
3: play
1: River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voschkevich, the handler. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Stetweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3, Act 3, is an original scenario titled In Time and Space, written by me, Dan Voschkevich, with the help of the rest of the Redacted Reports cast. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan uncertain reports to each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons. Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Nay, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Benaville, Sherrick Manning, Andrew of the Burbs, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on the usual social media sites. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week because outside the bounds of reality, lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, creatures of hunger and rage that would like nothing more than to devour our insignificant universe. And they're coming.